Welcome to the God is not an asshole podcast. If you are one of the many people done with religious dogmatism, hang on. You might sense transcendence, but your church or other faith community never seem to get off the ground. You realize that honoring your conscience means more than fitting in and keeping hard to explain rules? Hang on. You could probably think of the goodness in your tradition, and you tried your best to save that baby, but there's so much bathwater. Join your hosts, David Norman Moore Jr. in California and Carrie Connolly in New Jersey, who are collaborating to bring on guests who have found life on the other side of fundamentalism. Guests with stories of how they have liberated themselves from beliefs that divide us from each other. None of our guests' narratives are identical, but we hope you'll find something in common with each of them. We invite you to experience our common bond as we all inspire even more of us to embrace the true self. David Hayward, uh, he is the naked pastor. Um, and after 30 years in the church, he left the ministry to pursue his passion for art. He uses words and images to challenge the status quo, deconstruct dogma, and offer hope for those who struggle and suffer under it. David is no stranger to belief systems. He holds a master's in theological studies, as well as diplomas in religious studies and ministry and university teaching. He is Canadian. His art expresses the stories and struggles of spiritual refugees and independent thinkers who question, doubt, or oppose the confines of religion. Each piece encourages difficult conversations and acts as a catalyst for critical thinking. And I will say that my favorite series of yours, the series is the question mark. I, I've used them, uh, you know, to communicate with people. Um, there's, there's one where, uh, it's a church scene and, and, the the pews are filled and there are a few people who turn around and they look like they're grousing a bit. And there is an usher who is welcoming uh, a couple, except one of the couples is shaped like a question mark. And the caption is, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome here, but not your friend. <laughs> so david yeah how did you get to this place yeah you know thanks for having me on your show david and carrie um you know every time i'm introduced as a naked pastor i still giggle i don't know why i've been doing naked <laughs> pastor now for since 2005 so but giggling still... is good i approve of giggling <laughs> yay um yeah i uh I've been around the block. Like um, I've, I've said before, I'm my own ecumenical movement. I was raised in the church, all kinds of churches. Um, we weren't loyal to any one denomination. So I think that was in my kind of uh, planted into my attitude was I never felt any commitment to any one denomination or theology. Uh, so I, I was, I felt free to search and explore and discover what fit for me and that yeah so that that's how i uh yeah yeah free range chicken and um uh -huh. i uh you know i've i've been in the you know i was baptized anglican been around and then you know i got spiritual direction from 
Catholic priests and nuns, and I got ordained as a Presbyterian. I, I was saved in a Baptist church. I got filled with the Spirit in a Pentecostal church. I went to a Pentecostal Bible college, went to an evangelical seminary, ordained Presbyterian. Then I ended up in the Vineyard Church. So mm. I've, I've been around. Um, but I started blogging in 2005, or tuning in 2006, and that inevitably led to me kind of needing to leave the ministry in 2010. And uh, I devote a full time to Naked Pastor after that. And here I am. I love Believe it. Believe it or not. So, so um, I, there are so many of your images that are kind of burned into my, my memory I'm, and the rainbow. I'm sorry. The, no, it's good. It's, it's good. It's so good. And the rainbow sheep series is definitely yeah. the, the big yeah. part, a, a big part of it. And I'm looking at one right now and it, it has the rainbow sheep st- uh, standing outside of a church. And but and he's wearing or they are wearing a white costume or not. I mean, uh, they're holding on a hanger, the white, uh, a white sheepskin, I guess. And it's, and they say, I have to put this on before I can go in. And then there's a a black Jesus and that's holding a white Jesus costume <laughs> that says and I have to put this on. <laughs> and I, I love that so much because you're just kind of tackling most of the issues yeah. there, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. um and what I love about that is, or what I'm curious about is, how did you how did you get to a place where you were like, I need to start drawing about this? What's that? What's the origin story of of this work? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, it started with growing up with friends who were gay, and. Um, black or brown, um, different religions or no religion, and really loving them and them loving me and me not being able to compute how, you know, Christianity I was being taught fit with the fact that these were beautiful people and they loved me and I love them. And, um, and in my mind, I'm thinking, Geez, if I were God, I wouldn't throw these people into hell, like, you know, kind of mm. attitude. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, a lot of people would have yeah. theological issues with that. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I just always had that thing going on inside of me where this just doesn't make sense. And then I had a, if, if I could share a story with you, um, I had, you know, graduated from seminary and then I got my, topped it up with an MDiv, a diploma of ministry. Etc. I got ordained in the Presbyterian Church, and and anyway, uh, friends of ours who were down in Boston, that's where I went to seminary, we decided, I'm in Canada, as David pointed out, um, in the Maritimes, we decided to meet up in Bangor, Maine, and hang out in a hotel room, and, you know, enjoy the hot tub, go out to eat. We were good friends for a long time. And so the four of us, he and his wife, and Lisa and I, met in this hotel, and We'd gone out to eat and we were talking about they, uh, they were living in a, in a building, um, a home with two apartments. They had one apartment. The other apartment was, um, being rented by two women, same sex marriage. Well, they were, weren't married, but in a relationship. And, you know, we, we were talking all about that. And I'm in my mind, I'm trying to make theological sense of all this, right? Anyway, we decided after we got back to the room, to fill our travel mugs with wine and go down to the hot tub. And we did. And there was 
couple of guys there and you know we were in the hot tub and we were just chatting away and they were saying what do you do and my friend was an editor for a publishing firm and i said i was a minister immediately one of them got up and left went into the pool and the other guy said you have to excuse them we've had really we're we're gay and we've had a really negative experience with the church and you know mm. and uh i was like like yeah like what i said well we're gay and we live in a small town in Maine. And when people found out they cut off, like they couldn't get furnace oil, stores wouldn't serve them. Uh, restaurants wouldn't serve them. The church kicked them out and the list goes on. And I thought that this just, wow, it's just, you know, and so, um, I, you know, that, that was quite a few years ago, but in 2006, when I started cartooning, I, I realized that the church was kind of drawing a line in the sand here. This is one of the issues, um, is with the LGBTQ plus community and willing to die there. And it just didn't make sense to me. And, and so I just started challenging that line with, with my cartoons and, um, hopefully soften up some hearts or change some minds or, or something. And, and, um, you know, I know, I know these cartoons are encouraging to some people, but they're, you know, quite outrageous for some. And, uh, but I, I hope they're making a dent. The, so David, yeah. Um, this person who, who left, um, the hot tub, their dismay is, and that's not strong enough a word, but their, their dismay is very understandable and, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and not hard to support. Um, we have had a number of LGBTQ plus, or in Canada, you would add two spirit. Um, we've had a number of mm-hmm. guests like that. Um, and somehow they've been able, you know, I, I'm sure that, that it, it took different measures of time for, for each of them. But one of the things that Carrie and I have noticed is that the resentment is gone. And, and that's not yeah. just true for, for them, but, um, right. all of our guests, because I mean, the nature of this particular show is to uplift people who have had negative experience with dogma. Um, but the people who, who come out of it that, that we have had conversations with, um, mm-hmm. have also left resentment behind. And, um, I'm, I'm wondering, yeah. I, why you can be angry but not resentful how do, what does that feel like and look like yeah that's no. a really good question um i i uh i've said that before you're asking good questions i guess um <laughs> you know if any of us want to move on from an unhealthy relationship or whatever part of the healing process is is letting that go and part of letting that go is to forgive that person and i think that's what it, it means it, it it it's not necessarily letting them off the hook as much as getting the hook out of our own hearts and mm-hmm. and and letting that letting that go and and for some let's say a woman who leaves an abusive husband she might be able later on to say you know i i just realized he just wasn't capable of you know he had his own issues you know he had trauma you know, and he learned, she learned that her people hurt people and, you know, so on and so forth. And so she's allowed, she, she can let it, she can let it go and the resentment go, realizing mm. that 
she was trying to get blood from a stone kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. and I, I see a lot of people, same with the church, understanding that, you know, in fact, my cartoon today is exactly about that, where um, a woman uh, a woman is breaking up with the church uh, and they're on a couch together and the church is crying and she's saying to the church, you, you've been good for me in many ways, but I can't put up with your control and abuse any longer. And, mm. and it's, it's like that. It's like that with people with the church. It's like I got so much good out of it out of our relationship, but I, you know, I, I refuse to be hit anymore or, or whatever. Right. So in that way you can, I think a person can move on and, and the resentment eventually goes. And like you said, for some people, the timeline might be a little bit longer than others. Well, I think what, what's really important there that you, you just kind of pointed out is, is there, there has to be a balance between forgiveness and and holding a boundary, right. And saying, yes, yeah. I refuse to to be treated this way anymore or I'm this is this is unacceptable right because I think sometimes the the idea of for our own healing we need to forgive sometimes can be a little bit spiritually bypassy if because if we're not giving ourselves permission to move through the anger and the grief yeah, yeah. and and all of that, right? We can't just jump right to forgiveness. And sometimes you get there and they fall right back into it, you know, yeah. um, because the the hurt can be so, so deep. And, you know, this is not something, well, yeah, no, I mean, I never really experienced anything like this. I was told that when I was on a church staff, I was told that I needed to stop writing in support of LGBTQ or I would lose my job. Um, mm. But... I was still in a place of deep privilege at that time. So even if I had lost my job, I would not. It was a part-time job and I was married at the time. So, um, But to hear that there is a couple who ha- is unable to heat their house, to heat their home mm-hmm. because of this kind of bias, that's why it's not just a birthday cake. Like the Supreme Court decision, right? It's It wasn't just about a, a, a wedding cake or a birthday right, cake. It's right, about... Right very real needs being met um, mm-hmm. by by a society in, in rural areas or in places where there aren't alternatives. So Yeah, because if you if you discriminate in the least, it, it's kind of like the the leaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it it takes over the whole loaf. Like it, it just the slightest bit of discrimination means that any discrimination is allowed. Like I, mm-hmm. I think with love, uh discrimination doesn't fit they don't go together so um, well i mean discrimination against people this is this is going to be a shift but it's just something that uh, i just wondered about when when i last saw you uh just you know a month ago or so yeah um you were scheduled to be on carlton pearson live yeah what became of that because i i was going to tune in wow man that was I was so nervous about that because it was a live show yeah. and um, Carlton Pearson, you know, yeah. uh, I, I watched the, the movie about him, like a docu movie. Yes. Uh, and, come um, Sunday on come Netflix, Sunday, yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. So good. And when I watched that movie, I thought, man, we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt really excited. And so when I got an invitation, 
um, to meet with him. Uh, he, that day, he, he's struggling with, um, some illness and he was being, he was in the hospital, yeah. gowned up and everything, yeah. uh, getting, oh, wow. I think, a CAT scan at the time. And so the host of the show was, was live with me and Carlton Pearson was audio because he, yeah. you know, he wasn't, yeah, he didn't feel he was presentable. And, um, so yeah, we, we, we had a great conversation and it was good. And then at some point he said, look, man, I got to go. I'm not feeling very well. And yeah, he, you know, he got off the line, but, um, yeah, it was, he was all there though. He was yeah, he, a powerhouse. He, he is, he is brilliant and he's still brilliant yeah. in his compromised, um, condition. But when, yeah. when you and I talked and I found out you were going to do this, I was surprised because I knew that he was quite ill. And I, I was, I was yeah. amazed that he was still working. Um, but yeah. short, just, just a couple of weeks ago, um, or less, he, it's on YouTube. He's saying goodbye to the world. Um, oh. yeah, he's, he's in hospice mm-hmm. care. And so that's oh, a, man. that's a huge deal. I, I, I would certainly covet the, um, the link to whatever recording you have of, of your conversation with him. I'm sure Carrie and I both would. Would love to to know about mm. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll try to remember where it is, and I'll I'll send that to you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, David, I'm I'm curious to know what kinds of responses you get to your work. Right. I think I have an idea, but I would love to do. You... <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of hate and kickback and, and stuff, which is understandable. But I also get a lot of encouraging messages and, and comments and and it just really encourages me. But uh it's funny, I uh it's funny how you can have a hundred positive comments and you get one negative comment and it like it's heavier <laughs> than all yeah, the yeah. one hundred. <laughs> yep. The so, brain biases toward the negative all the time yeah yeah um do you ever check the profiles of these uh folks and do you see a pattern uh, a demographic kind of pattern (laughs) um yeah um for those who do have a profile picture and a real name a lot of them just have the you know outline of a face and then some user one three four zero dash you know whatever (laughs) um but those who dare to—that's your wife, Lisa. Have I think a profile. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's she's funny. She's funny. Um, mostly, uh, real, some fundamentalist in some way, but it could be fundamentalist Baptist or fundamentalist Lutheran or fundamentalist. Eastern Orthodox or fundamentalist Catholic yeah. or, or whatever. They're just really fundamentalist or like a lot of my cartoons are pro women. Um, be, they be very, uh, mostly men. And, um, would you say, uh, those men actually, are actually certain, mostly men? Would you say those men are of a certain age? Um, well, I, I wouldn't be able to tell their age, but I'd say most, it, it doesn't matter. Like uh, there's very young men who can be very patriarchal sure. in their attitudes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fierce. 
And it seems to be getting worse, actually. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the, there's very strong anti-LGBTQ plus, uh, a- anti-women, um, you know, and, and very orthodox, like whatever denomination they're in, very, very orthodox. And, uh, it's, and, and fundamentalist dogmatic. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite, quite interesting. In fact, um, I was asked to be on an, a podcast a few weeks ago and it, the, I, somebody, some people sent me warnings. Don't go on his show. Don't go on his show. This guy's, you know, crazy fundamentalist. Like he's, you know, all that. And I'm like, so I reached out to the person. I said, listen, is this going to be awkward? Like, I don't like debating. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, it's a waste of time. And, um, and he said, no, I really hope this will be a good show and just, you know, we'll just have a conversation. Ended up, he was a real, he, he was a Roman Catholic and very, very Roman Catholic. And so we had a very interesting conversation. But interestingly, he asked if the Catholic Church had any influence on my life. And I said it had a huge influence, like beginning with like Henry Now and then Thomas Merton and others. And I had spiritual directors who were uh, Roman Catholic nuns, actually, um, who gave me spiritual direction. And um, so we, I think that softened it up a bit. And we had a really great conversation after that. But he still said, listen, he still at the end wanted me to convert to Roman Catholicism as the only true religion. So, um, but that's how most people think when they're in their rut, right? Whether it's Lutheran or Presbyterian or Eastern Orthodox or Baptist or whatever, that, that this is the only right way. And, and you need to get into this rut with me. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Makes it interesting. So I'm curious if we're going to see any cartoons around the, the Israeli Palestinian conflicts. You gonna go in there? It's a hard one. Well, it's not really hard to be honest. But Carl um, Bart, um, a theologian I, I've always admired, um, a Swiss theologian, um, he had a strategy that I sort of adopted uh, a while back because, and his was address the issue, not the situation or address the issue, not the incident. And if people are familiar at all with my work, they know where I stand. Mm -hmm. They they should know where I stand without me having to say, blah, 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 blah. Otherwise, I'd be chasing incidents down. How many genocides are there happening in the world right now? Five, at least, that we know of. And, um, you know, so, and how many areas in the world are suffering from starvation, you know, child mortality, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on and on and on. So do I want to keep chasing the incidents or should I keep addressing the issue? And, Mm -hmm. and the issue is justice and love and peace and the things that matter so that when people come to my page, they shouldn't say, where does this guy stand on Israel or Hamas Mm -hmm. or whatever, Palestine, they should deduce from, Mm -hmm. from my content where I stand. Right. Which is my, if, if, if it's similar to mine, you know, it's, it's, I do believe it's a complex issue, not because I, um, 
I think that what's happening in Palestine right now is okay because it's by any stretch, by no stretch of the amount, like it's not okay. Um, and I know that some of my Jewish friends it, as individuals are, are experiencing deep embodied fear. And, mm-hmm. and that's the complexity for me. You know, mm-hmm. that's the complexity is uh, because they're, they are having a very, very uh, human response to that fear that they're feeling. Absolutely. You know? Understandable, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and and it's not unwarranted fear. It's not unwarranted. And, fear. and you know what? Um, what fa- further maybe uh, complicates what you're talking about, Carrie, is that um, there are some. I mean, I I have a Jewish friend. We sat down and talked for a couple of hours um, this past Saturday. Um, to the the fact that she is Jew causes her causes her to sometimes want to say to the world around her, but I'm not that kind of Jew. Um, and so that's pressure. But I'm not that kind of white person. <laughs> but, yeah, that, yeah, 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 exactly. So, but the, yeah. the other side of that exactly. is she, it's, she's being sandwiched because, because she's not that kind of Jew. She has the Jewish community that she's, you know, somewhat close to that. She's, you know, in some proximity with saying, well, why aren't you that kind of Jew? And so, I mean, that's right. pressure. Yeah. 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 Lots of pressure. There's a lot yeah. of it. I also similar, similarly have a, um, a black friend who is a woman and she tends to be more, she, she defines herself as a centrist in this. And in, in fact, I think she would be very aligned with, with everything that we're saying that, you know, um, but she feels a lot of pressure from both sides of the community that she works with, right? Because she works with the uh, Jewish population and she also knows that many Black women specifically are very active in the in the uh, anti-genocide space right now, right? So mm-hmm. um, so she's feeling a lot. So that's what I mean where it's, it's complex. And yet, to your point, David, it is also very, very simple. It is not not complex, it, right? When it, when it comes to life, it's very simple. When it comes to politics, it gets complicated. Uh, yes, and identity, it. identity. I think. And an identity, yes. yeah, yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. So thank you for for being willing to, because that's that's actually the first time I have been feeling myself pressure, internal pressure to write about the topic, and I haven't yet, um, because I haven't felt I have been honestly in in just the space where I could receive the feedback that I know I would receive. So this is the first time I'm even speaking about it publicly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a complex issue. And those of us who are in the public sphere in any way, I think um, I think it's important for us, to, for people to know where we stand, you know? I think it is important. Thank you so much for being here today. We are people who have left behind performance-based religion and the shame that comes with it. Maybe you have a personal liberation story to tell and we want to know about it. Please contact us on Twitter at God is not an asshole or text 805-703-8393 because the world needs to know that God is not an asshole.